Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry and with me is the Silent Hill Biker himself, Kenneth. Hello, how y'all doing? They cannot answer you. I don't give a damn. So, Kenneth, how how has your week been? Uh, it's It's been pretty good. I've spent most of it working. I uh, went to the Renaissance Festival. That was cool. You know, for all y'all nerds out there that love Ren Fairs, I uh, went to that, and uh, I spent the rest of the time uh, watching Indiana Jones. <laughs> I mean, always good. I um also worked, but I also was able to film and edit a new episode of Kill the Trailer, which should be out tomorrow, or honestly, by the time people are listening to this, it should be out and I also got all the old podcasts uploaded onto the YouTube channel. And other than that, I, I read this interesting article. So I'm sure all the horror fans know by now, John Carpenter is coming back to the Halloween franchise. That is a real thing. He's coming back to it. And I read this article that was like, if Halloween is going to come back, they need to not make the same mistake that every other Halloween movie has made. Which is, according to them... Tying up Michael Myers to his family. Apparently that was a mistake. And they even have like quotes from John Carpenter saying that he didn't want to make the second movie. He was kind of forced into it. And they kind of tied the family to Michael Myers. And he never really wanted to do that. Even though like I think back to the first movie and I'm like, I mean, it's kind of there for anyone who's, who's not dumb. I mean, you kind of see that it's tied to family. But the point of this is is that I found out that in the original like movie, throughout this script, Michael Myers was called The Shape when he was in his mask. He was called The Shape, which is the worst serial killer name I've ever heard of. It could literally be like the fake killer on a Sesame Street episode. Yeah, and I find that I find that, you know, if if that was originally what John Carpenter had intended him to be named in the movie, you know, because a lot of times when you read scripts or whatever else, you know, the, the entire the entire shoot is under a different name. But, uh, you know, a lot of times when you read scripts or whatever, they don't have a name for the killer yet. You know what I'm saying? And so if, if he was planning on leaving him named the shape, I, I just think that's that's ridiculous. That would it would the the movie would not have had the impact that it had. Yeah, and I mean, like, how is it not tied to the family in the first movie? Like, he goes, oh, I didn't want to tie it to the family, but I'm like, we start off with kid killing family and then go directly into kid as an adult escapes out of the nut house, immediately goes back to his family home, and immediately, like, hones into his sister who has been adopted to other people like yeah and it's not like it's not like you know and, and you're and people out there are going to hear me do this a lot when it comes to slasher movies but the reason why i'm doing this is because it gives it, it gives foundation for what i'm saying you know you look at friday the 13th you know what i'm saying you look at those those were just random people getting killed naturally they were camp counselors but they were, there was no direct relation to jason or Jason's mother in Friday the 13th with the people getting killed. The only thing that the directness was, was, you know, camp counselors that could possibly leave, you know, leave kids abandoned to get drowned in a lake or something like that. You know, but in Halloween, he is literally pretty much, for the most part, killing people that are in his way to get to Laurie Strode. So for there not to be any tie-in whatsoever in, the, in, in a Halloween movie to his family, I, I mean, there... 
you're right. Anybody out there that watched that movie could be like, why is he just, why is he fo- main focused on this one girl? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. I, so I don't know. That whole thing struck me as odd. I did share it on our Facebook page for other people to see. Um, and I don't know. It just seemed very odd to me for what he said. Cause it, to me, it was always there. I guess like I can see how further along in the movies it was kind of ridiculous that he would hone back in on this one family member. But I mean, it's not unbelievable. Jaws went all the way to like the Bahamas to track down the family he didn't like. Yeah, that that was extremely far-fetched. You know what I'm saying? And me and you both agree that the fourth one was the most ridiculous out of the series. Oh, no. The third one is by far the worst. Okay, okay. I'll give you that. Actually, one day I I have to let you sit down and watch uh, Jaws 5, Cruel Jaws. I don't have any interest in watching Jaws 5. But it was it's it's Italian. <laughs> okay. It's done by Bruno Mattai. Okay. <laughs> it's there okay, okay. There's a girl in a wheelchair who gets eaten by the shark. What? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so now you want to see it? <laughs> possibly, just because I want to see how funny it is, you know what I'm saying? But this is also, what? you know, I didn't get through the first five minutes of Sharknado. And people out there can kill me for that because for some reason, everybody, you know, there's, there's 75% of movie audiences thought Sharknado was great. I thought it was horrible. In five minutes, uh, I thought it was horrible. Here's the thing. Like, every shark movie from, like, 1990 and up has been... For the most, like, 98% like of them have been absolutely terrible. And then, like, every shark movie that's came out from, like, the 2000s and up has been a parody of shark movies. But we're not going to get into Jaws. We'll do that another one. Getting back to Halloween, I honestly, I don't think that the franchise would have became what it is now if it had not been for that route in Michael Myers chasing after his family. I don't. Even though the third one had nothing to do with Michael Myers whatsoever, if you go back and watch the third one and you take the Halloween name out of it, the third movie was fantastic. The, th- the third movie is the best in the franchise. It, Fuck everyone. It was great. You know what I'm saying? If you take the Halloween name off of, off of and just call it The Season of the Witch, that was a great movie. Yeah. Like, it, it really was. I mean, the movie was so good that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie stole its entire plot from it. Okay. <laughs> That's for all my Ivan Ooze fans out there. Um, but so, I just don't I don't think the Michael Myers franchise would have been what it is. If it hadn't yeah. been for Laurie Strode and it hadn't been for uh, whatever the little girl's name was. I can't even remember what it was. You know what I'm saying. Uh... uh I know that the actress that plays plays her last name is Harris. Yeah, the actress that plays her is Danielle Harris. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. All I'm asking for in the new Halloween movie is a Buster Rhymes cameo. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I need. So, anyway, the uh, the movie we chose for this episode is called The Black Cat. It's from 1934. It is the first movie to get two of the greatest horror icons together, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. And this movie is fantastic. And when I pitched it to the group and I was like, hey, we should do the Black Cat. Uh, Jay hadn't seen it. Kenneth hadn't seen it. Uh, no one had seen it but me. And when I first told you about this movie, 
Kenneth, like, what did you what did you expect? I expected it to be on the. I mean, you know, I knew it was a Universal film, so I was expecting it to be on the level of like Dracula and Frankenstein, uh, Creature from Black Lagoon, the whole nine. And it wasn't. It wasn't that. Even though it had the the iconic actors from those films, it still was not that. It was much deeper than that. You know, and and when I when you first told me about watching it, I was just like, okay, that was what I was expecting was something, you know, universally like, you know, the rest of the monster movies, the mummy, whatever. But this when I watched it, I was blown away by it, man, because I was just like, you know, this I cannot believe this movie came out in the 30s. I can't believe it because it came out in 1934. And I, for what it was, it was way, way, way beyond that time period. Yeah, it, it is so far ahead of its time, it is not even funny. I mean, this film is not what you would expect, and it was – some countries even banned it. When Universal Studios saw the first edit of it, they told the director to tone it down, but the director didn't do that. He actually added more stuff into it because – Fuck the studio. I'm, the director does what he wants. And thank God that that movie came out before MPAA regulations. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, yes. So this this movie is fantastic. If you have not seen it, there will be spoilers in this. But uh, the, the, the twist in this movie is not really as important as just watching the movie for what it is. And keeping in mind that this was 1934. I cannot stress that enough to you. So it's only like an hour and five minutes of your time. You need to go watch it. And the, but, and the cool thing about it is, is because of the time period, you know, they didn't have the major special effects that we have now, obviously. So they had to do things differently in this film. And when they did the things differently in this film, the crazy thing about it was, is the way they did some of this stuff, it still had the impact that a lot of the, the special effects that we have now did to you. It still had that impact because, you know, I'm 33 years old and I've seen hundreds of horror movies, hundreds. And it, the, there's certain scenes and, and we'll talk about them as we get further, but there are certain scenes in there that still had the same impact as watching a movie that comes out now where everything's just right in your face. Yes. hundred percent. So this movie starts off with, um, some honeymooners, freshly married, and they went to Hungary, 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 Hung, 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 however you pronounce it. Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> uh, for their honeymoon, and that's going to be Peter Allison and Joan Allison. I, th I believe it was Joan. I don't think it was Joanne. I'm pretty sure it's Joan. I can't remember. So the Allisons, they, they're in their, they're in their little uh, train ride, and the train ride's cool because they show like shots of like the exterior of the train, like the wheels going and people shoveling coal, like now, it, like yeah, it was just padding, but it was kind of neat to see. I really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, because it was a complete different time that it was, you know. Yeah. It, so it was nice. the conductor, the conductor shows up and he's like, "We oversold the space. Do you mind sharing? Since you're you only have a little way, little way to go anyway." And that turns out to be uh, the gentleman in question is Dr. Vetus Werdegast? Bella Lugosi, basically. Dr. Vetus Werdegast is Bella Lugosi. And he hangs out there, and 
at first it's all cool and then they're sleeping and then like Bella Lugosi just kind of rubs his hand over the chick's hair. No, 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 no. He didn't. He didn't. He doesn't actually touch her hair. If you look at it close, all he does is he makes the he makes you know the gesture, the the kind and yet heartfelt gesture of doing it, but he doesn't actually touch her. And I actually thought that was really, really cool because I don't think it had anything to do with like, you know, behind the scenes crap or anything like that. I think it was supposed to be in there for the emotional side of it. Like he was just, he was making that gesture, but at the same time, he didn't want to be, I guess, weird for lack of a better term, actually putting his hands in her hair. And I thought that was cool. So, and the husband wakes up and he sees it. Bella goes, he's like, oh, please don't be offended. Indulge in a man. Let me tell you what, why I did this. And he goes on to tell about how he went to war 18 years ago and was in a uh, uh, prison, a, like a POW kind of style camp yeah. for 15 years. And, you know, he had a wife and a child when he left and now he doesn't have that. And he's just like, you know, many men have gone there. Few have returned. I have returned. After 15 years, I have returned. And I love that line. I love the delivery of that line. Like, Bela Lugosi is just a fantastic actor. He works inside his limits, and he knows his limits. And he just does a super good job. And then on top of that, man, Lugosi's accent. You know what I mean? When you when you, when you you listen to his dialogues and his films with his accent, you know, Mo- Dracula being the most famous, you know, when you listen to that, it, I don't know what it is, but he, the, the, his delivery of what he does, you know what I'm saying, with his accent and so on is, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's very powerful to me in comparison to a lot of actors nowadays. 100% agree with you. Um, so they all get off the train, they're all going on the same little bus, and while the driver of the bus is telling them all about the war that's happened here and all the bodies that are buried here because this was such a huge battlefield. He actually gets too carried away and drives off the side of the road into like a small crevice and wrecks the bus. And the cool thing about that, that goes into exactly what I was talking about a few minutes ago. The cool thing about that, you don't actually see the bus go down the hill. You see it start to. But you don't actually see it go down the hill. The only thing you see is a tree getting hit and knocked down. But it still has the same impact as if you actually saw the saw the bus going down the hill. But until the driver's credit, it was pouring down rain and that street was muddy as hell. Yeah, exactly. So everyone survives except for the driver. Bella Lugosi, his, he has a friend with him. I guess it's his servant. <laughs> and... The, the couple. They survived. The, the chicks passed out. But luckily, Boris Karloff lives down the street. So they go to Boris Karloff's house. And what a house this house is. It, the, and the crazy thing about it, oh man, the architecture of this house, it looks like it was from the 60s. And granted, remember, this movie came out in the 30s. So for a house, the architecture in it to look like it was from the 60s, that was that was amazing. Yeah, it was. The, the further you go into this house and you watch this house, it's just crazy. Um, so they show up at the house. Um, Bella Gosi gives 
her a powerful drug to make her feel better and make her sleep it off. And uh, you really enjoyed that that scene. You had a good point about that scene. Yeah, when he gives her the same thing, when he gives her the drug, it's uh, he he pulls out a syringe and a needle. And so, you know, there's this spot and you see him, you know, fill up the syringe and whatever else. And then he goes down to put it into her arm. And naturally, in the 30s, they couldn't do the effects that we have now. So you don't actually see it go into her arm. But the camera focuses in on her on her husband, Mr. Allison, focuses in on him. And he kind of does this little like this little slight grimace like, uh. You know what I'm saying when it goes in, and it and and that has the impact that it would have if you, you were actually seeing it go in there. It in my case, you know, from my emotional standpoint, it, it it was more so of the impact because you're seeing it from you're seeing the reaction of somebody else that it's not happening to, and so I really really thought that was awesome because it kind of made me when I was watching it, I almost did that kind of like ah, you know, and I was like wow, that that had really that was a good effect. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, that 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 scene probably would have had a more emotional attachment to me. But all I could think about is, yeah, Bella Lugosi's good with those needles. <laughs> In case you don't know, audience, Bella Lugosi became a heroin addict <laughs> and a morphine addict. He, he loved the stuff. So, um, Boris Karloff shows up. His name, Hajlar Mar Polzig. That's it, Polzig. Polzig. Yeah. Um, and in this first scene where he shows up, he doesn't say a lot. He's very kind of meek. His head's kind of tilted down. He, he kind of has limp wrists when he does like point them into the direction out of the room. He just doesn't seem like much of anything. He actually, to me, seems like on top of that, seems like he was very thrown back at the fact that there were people in his house. Yeah, he was chilling asleep in bed and got woken up by his servant. To come see what was going on. Even though Bella Lugosi made it a point that, you know, the, the the guy was supposed to be expecting him. But at the same time, he still seemed like he was very thrown back by it. I don't think he was expecting him. I think Bella Lugosi was just like, oh, he's going he's gonna to expect me. And just said it with enough confidence that the, the servant was just like, oh, okay. And just let him in the door. Yeah. So, by the way, the servant is called a major domo. I'm sure that's not how it's pronounced, but that's that's it's spelled Major Domo. A Major D. Oh! only thing I know about the Major D is when I gave it to you. <laughs> Zing! Yeah. So they they leave the wife to sleep, and they go in there, and they're getting some whiskey. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Before Before this, he stays with his wife. Bella Gosi and Boris Karloff leave, and Bella Gosi just starts going off on him. Yeah, this is where we start seeing the dynamic between these two. <laughs> you know, the backstory. Yeah, it is. He he conf- he basically he confronts Polzig over his treachery during the war, and he does admire like he talks about how cool the house is and everything. But he basically he's like, "Where's my wife and daughter?" You screwed us all over. You have so much blood on your hands, and I want to know where my wife and daughter is. And then, oh, the, let me point this out: the house is built on a battlefield, on directly on top of the battlefield, where yeah, where Polzig's treachery was done. It was built right on top of it. 
So at this point, we have Peter walks back in the room. Peter's the the husband. And they just kind of – they get some whiskey. They start talking, and they start talking about how cool the house is. And we find out Peter is a mystery writer. But the whole point of this scene is is a black cat walks into the room, and Bella Lugosi flips his shit. Yeah, he freaks out. He flips out, and he, like, grabs a knife and just flings that at the cat. And you hear the cat, like, <laughs> whine. Yeah, like, we're, we, we assume it died. And at the same time, the wife has woken up for, and, and shows up and walks in, and Peter's like, Oh, Joan, you need. We need to get you back in bed, and she's acting kind of weird here's, from the drugs. Yeah, but here's something you may not know. I actually looked into it when I was reading about the movie after I watched it, and when I was reading about the movie, come to find out, the drug that he gave her was not like a pain medicine or a sedative. Well, it was a sedative, but it was also hallucinogenic. Well, I mean, back in the '30s, I mean. They were the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, but it was a known hallucinogenic. So yeah, you know, but she, it was an actual drug that that like was existed in real life. Yeah, and and you know, she comes walking in there after this black cat gets skewered by, you know, I would assume like a letter opener or something. It looked like a knife, but you know, you never know. And uh, she comes walking in there, and she looks like she's just tripping balls. Yeah, and one of the things that like, and then they go into explaining the phobia that he's scared of cats because. Cats are evil. A black cat is evil. When it dies, it can just like it doesn't really die. You know, it's just all the superstitions. And the thing I want to point out about one thing I love about these old movies is the dialogue because a lot of the dialogue seems so poetic. Yeah, um, I didn't think about it, but you're right. And it and, and it's got a lot of historical significance to it too because you know when he talks about the evil and the cat not dying. That's actually where the cat having nine lives came from, and they say that in the movie. And I was just like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, so they they all get shown their rooms, and Bella Lugosi and Peter actually switch rooms because Bella Lugosi is like, hey, this room's adjoined to your wife. Would you like this room? And he's like, yeah, sure. So they switch, and then we see um, Polzig wander through his, I, I don't know what to call it, a lab, maybe? It's more like the basement of the place, but you, get, but you got to think. I mean, I think it's explained later on in the movie. you got to think. Um, he built this basically on top of a fort, and I think later on in the movie it's explained that he's where he, his downstairs, what kind of looks like a lab, is actually where they used to house bombs or some shit. Yeah, so he walks down there, and he, you, know, you know what he has back? His cat. Yeah. Which is very important because, like, he didn't seem to flip out when Bela Lugosi threw a knife at his cat and, and you know, what, and seemed to kill his cat. Yeah, because he didn't really care. Yeah, if somebody killed my fat ass cat, I would have a fucking fit. Yeah, my cat's like sleeping in his little cat tree right now, just all fat and happy, and I would, I would murder someone over my cat. Right. So if you didn't know people, we are cat people. Yeah, we are major cat people. So. Uh, while he does this, we also see that he has a bunch of women just in glass, glass cases. Well, see, going into it, that's what I thought at first, is that it looked like a bunch of women, you know, but I think that was just the way the scene was shot. 
Uh, there's def. I, I feel like there's definitely at least three women in there. I'm going to have to go back and watch that because, you know, the continuity of the movie later on, but we'll get into it. But it seemed, it, it, it seemed like a very strange scene to me. But these, you know, but then again, it's, it's very strange anyway that a guy's walking around in his basement and he's got women in glass cases. On IMDb, it says he examines a couple of embalmed women in display cases. Okay. So I, I had to assume that it wasn't the same woman. There are like three. All right. Um, so he then, he, he checks out all his, his ladies under the glass. He goes back upstairs, goes into the room that he put the Lugosi in, only to find out that Peter is in there. And Bill Lugosi, of course, pops in and is like, oh, were you looking for me? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I have to say, you know, the character when, you know, I don't know if any of you out there have ever seen what Boris Karloff looks like. He's a very creepy-looking guy, it, just in general, without makeup on and everything. He's still a creepy-looking dude. And so, you know, I'm sorry. If I woke up or had been asleep for like a minute or two and then turned around and seen this creepy-looking fucker standing over me like that, I, w- I would have not reacted as calmly as as, as this person did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, Forrest Karloff and Bella Gosey are like, we've got unfinished business to take care of. And they, they walk out the room, and the writer's just like, okay, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah, like like nothing had ever happened, you know what I'm saying? you got this uh, this big dynamic going on between these two people, and there's obviously some weird shit going on in this house, and this guy's just like, I'm just going to go back to sleep. That kind of goes into what I was saying a minute ago about him not reacting at all to this dude just kind of hovering over his bed. Yeah, so he goes, they walk down there, and... Vetus is like, you're you're gonna tell me where my wife and child are. Polzig, Polzig's like, fine, follow me. They go down to that area he was just at, and he shows her that she's here. She's been dead for like two years, I think. Yeah, no, 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 like, no, no. no it, she died two years after the war. Yeah, pneumonia. Yeah, and your daughter died also, but I kept your wife here as pretty as the day you last saw her. Yeah, so I mean, in this whole thing, you've got. These two guys that apparently were, if not best friends, very, very good friends during the war. And then you've got Boris Karloff's character, Polzig. He he betrayed his people. And then on top of that, but I, I honestly think even though they don't completely key in on this, I honestly think that he was the one that had it, that fixed it to where uh, Bella Lugosi's character went to the prison as a prisoner of war. I think that he did that just so he could get his wife. Quite possible there's so much backstory that is left unsaid in this movie. Yeah, because that I'd believe it. They never they so, never hit home with that, so Yeah, so Vitas pulls a gun out on Polzig because he doesn't believe Polzig, but the black cat shows up just in time and he falls backwards into this broken glass. He breaks the glass. It's a glass chart on the wall. And he breaks it and they go back upstairs and he's like we will play the game when the Alice, when Allison leaves, when the the couple leaves. That's the original deal. Everyone goes the fuck to sleep. But when Polsey goes back to his room, his wife asks because he is he does have a lady there, and we find out it is his wife. And she's hot. Uh, yeah, named Karen, and we learn that Karen is uh, the daughter of Vetus. And the strange thing about it was, is his wife's name was Karen as well. Yeah. 
Well, I know when I have a kid, I'm naming her the same exact name as my wife because that's not weird at all. Yeah. You see that in men. You never really see it in women. Oh, you have a good point. I never see a junior on the female side. Yeah. So, Polzig tells El, it's nothing, don't worry about it, just stay in the room tomorrow. He then pulls out a book um, on Satanism. Talks about Satan. And this is another thing that I was not expecting from the 30s. I was not expecting the level of when they're talking about Satanism in this movie, about Polzig being a Satanist, for it to be to the degree that it was for that time period. Yeah, and what's wor- in the book, it talks about sacrificing a woman. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I was just like, really? They put this shit in movies in the 30s? I mean, because Nosferatu was pretty out there. You know what I'm saying for what it was, but still, you know, the 30s, this was really getting into the heyday of, you know, big production films. You know what I'm saying? This was really getting into it, man. I mean, you know, these movies in the 30s were the precursors for movies that came out later on in the 40s and 50s, you know, like Gone with the Wind and all the rest of that. You know, so these were really the precursors for those types of movies. So to see something that dark in in here, and I mean, on top of that, this whole movie's pretty dark. But for something that dark to be into it, I was actually kind of thrown back a little bit. And I'm I'm completely with you. I was just when I first watched this movie years and years ago, I was just like, "Wait, he's a Satanist? Hold up, what?" Yeah, like it completely threw me off. Um, but so the next day, you know, Boris Karloff is up. Bella Ghosty goes and checks on Mrs. Allison, and she doesn't remember much of anything. She remembers the wreck. She doesn't remember the treatment or anything like that. Um, so, the, okay, so they go and play chess. Which I have to give credit for. The class of chess. They are classy. Yeah. These are some fucking, this is a classy Satanist. Yeah, these these two guys. Highly respectable. Yeah, these two guys are actually very sophisticated for what they're both doing. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like an honorable battle from, you know, way back when. You know, so, it, it's really cool. I like it. Yeah. So, Polzig is, is like, yo, we're going to play a game of chess for the freedom of Joan because I want her. Uh, and at this point, we're like, wait, does he want her as another wife? Does he want to put her in the glass? Is he going to use her in that satanic ritual? Like, what is he doing? Right. I don't, I don't know about this. So, they agree to play. But while they're playing, two policemen show up to ask about the car wreck and everything like that. Really funny scene here out of nowhere. Yeah. The like the two police guys are arguing over where the honeymoon couple should go. And I just thought that was a really cute scene. Yeah, that's probably like the only major bit of humor except I don't know if you caught it. But when the I think it comes right after this. Yeah, it does. I'll I'll talk about it when we get to it. But uh, yeah, that that was probably about other than the next part that I'm going to talk about. That's probably a, yeah. The only bit of humor. So, and then after the police are like, oh, we can't give you a ride because obviously Peter and Joan want to get out of there. But the police can't give them a ride. And they go through like a couple of ways of trying to leave. And each way fails like going on a train. Oh, well, there's not one till way late tonight. 
Oh, well, I'll call the hotel. Well, the phone doesn't work. Uh, Take them down with the car. Oh, well, the car doesn't work. And see, that's the thing about it. That's where I was going. When they're sitting there, when the two of them are sitting there, and they're they're trying to get back to their chess game because, you know, Boris Karloff's character, Holzig, he really wants to get back to this chess game. When they're both sitting there and the uh, and Mr. Allison is going through all this hell trying to get him out of there, if you catch it, if you really look, Lugosi kind of grins a couple of times when 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 this guy can't figure out how he's gonna get away, you know? Because yeah, yeah it, I, I don't know if you caught it, but I thought it was great. I actually saw. Well, laughing. I think I think <laughs> Bella Lugosi was actually grinning because he was because the guy was going to get away, and that was annoying. Polzig. Either way, but and, I, and I, it was it was very funny. Yeah, it was. I, I liked that. I thought it was good. Yeah, so Peter's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm grabbing my wife. We're rolling. And he finds out someone jacked his handgun. And they go down there, and they go to get out. And this is important. Bella Lugosi's friend or security guard or whatever the hell he is, it's still kind of unclear, blocks him and knocks Peter out. Cold. Yeah. Just old school, one hit and you're down. Yeah. <laughs> so, his his name is The Mall. Did you notice that the way they did his makeup, that they almost made him, you know, like, you remember back in the day, we were watching some of the other movies that we used to watch, where they would take uh, Americans and make them look like they were Asians? Yeah. That's that's what this makeup looked like. It made, it looked like they were trying to make the guy look Asian, like a big Mongol or something. Yeah, so at this point, uh, they take the Peter, throw him in a thing. They take her and lock her in the room. And uh, I didn't like the cell, by the way, that they threw Peter in. Yeah, it was kind of – there was not much going on there. Yeah, it was like – you know, for people out there, you know, that are listening, it was <laughs> it was like this a rotating room and basically they would hit this button and it would and the the inside of the room would turn and the doorways would line up and you could put whoever you wanted in there like a like a cell and then you would turn it again and it would turn the doorway for the inside inside the wall so the person couldn't get out. Very Scooby Doo like. Yeah, exactly. So uh Bella Lugosi goes to Jones' room because he jacks the key, and he's like, calm down, we're all in danger, Polzig is crazy, um, he took my wife and murdered her, he took my child and murdered her, I'm going to get my revenge, but we have to get you you out of here. Um, he's a Satanist, you're going to get sacrificed, but don't worry, I got you. So... Uh, the, he leaves. The black cat runs into the room, and guess who shows up? Polzig's wife, Karen, the daughter of Bella Lugosi. So they talk, and Joan's like, I know your name. And she's Karen's like, how did you know my name? And, oh, you must have known my father. Well, no, he's been dead, and my mother's been dead. And she's like, uh, yeah, your dad's not died. He's here. And... Unfortunately, Polzig shows up and is like, well, if she knows everything, she has to die. And he kills Karen. And and that was another one of those where the impact, you didn't see exactly what happened. He kind of shoved her into her room, and the next thing you hear is this big, loud scream. And then you see the reaction of Allison 
you know, uh, Joan's character, you, well, Joan Allison, you see the reaction of her where she's screaming or whatever. And uh, that was another one of those where, it, you know, it really conveyed the impact, even though you don't see him strangle her or, or whatever he does to her. Yeah, we technically don't know she's dead at this point. Yeah. We actually don't know that. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get to the big satanic party. Woo! Everyone shows up, all these people. Kind of all remind, the women are in, these, are in these white dresses. All the guys are in suits. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Ninth Gate a little bit. Yeah, it uh, it looked like a party that uh, Rob Zombie was throwing. Hey, man, I think Rob Zombie's parties would have been a lot cooler. <laughs> I No, Rob Zombie would have totally thrown, like, an old-school, black-and-white, like, classy party for Satan. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but okay. <laughs> um, so they they chain uh, Joan up to the sacrificial uh, platform. Yeah, I don't know what to call it. And Paul Zig starts talking Latin. He is actually saying Latin. Um, if you want to know what he's saying, it is actually all on IMDb. You can see everything he says in Latin and translated into English. I didn't know that. I'm going to do that after we get done. Yeah. It's it's pretty interesting. She faints on the altar, and for some reason, this other chick uh, just in the, in the audience just faints also. I don't have any idea what relevance that had, but whatever. It, it gives Bolagosi and his buddy time to free... Uh, Joan. Oh, I didn't even think about so that. I almost, right. I almost wonder if he like gave her something to make her pass out or scream or what. I don't, I don't know what happened there. there. I really don't. Man, he damn, you know, used the Vulcan sleeper thing. <laughs> they weren't close enough, though. <laughs> Maybe you know, you never know. Maybe he pulled a Doctor Giggles and stabbed her in the butt. Well, t- well yeah, technically so- it was a hand, but you know. So and there there's a quick shot of Peter waking up as he hears the organ music down in his his jail cell. So they rescue Joan from the altar. Peter gets out the out of the crazy door that Kenneth described earlier and he sees all the embalmed women hanging in their display cases, does not bother to clean any of the smudges, no Windex, nothing. <laughs> Walks right past them. Like the rude American he is. The crazy thing is, is you know, going back to when we first see them chicks, <laughs> the crazy thing is when you see the actress in there, she's kind of swaying back and forth a little bit, you know, like when you've been standing in the same spot too long. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> um, so we have the next couple of scenes all kind of bounce back and forth between each other. It's basically uh, like a Bela Lugosi escaping and Peter escaping. And the Major D uh, enters the lab, and Peter ambushes him and knocks him down. And the Major D escapes, but uh, his gun show he still has his gun. The Maul, who is uh, the friend of Bella Lugosi, shows up and tries to help and gets shot. He kills Major D, but he still got shot. Yeah. He's a strong motherfucker. Poor dude. Yeah, so sad. I was really sad about Major D. Yeah, he never says one fucking word in the entire movie, and then he gets shot. He does, too. He's the one that says that the car's broken. What? Major D is the guy who, I'm like... I'm not talking about Major D. I'm talking about the big dude. Oh, Thamal. Yeah, he never says one word in the entire movie. 
Yeah, you're. Is it me or did like 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 what is up with the mall? Like, did Bella Lugosi have a bunch of money hidden when he came back and was like, "I'm gonna pay you to come with me." Well, at the same time, you got to think. You know, when he when he gets out, you know, you you've got that time period where he's he's trying to hunt everybody down, and then on top of that, I mean, it's said in the movie he's a very very well known psychiatrist. So, oh, true. Yeah, so you know that's the reason why he's a doctor. So. I'm assuming that's where he got his wealth or whatever, you know. I mean, look at how much money Hannibal had. Yeah. No, you're you're you have a good point. So as as Bella Lugosi is helping Joan, Joan tells him that your daughter Karen is here, Polzig married her. <sighs> which is not what you want to hear. Yeah, I mean that. So I can't imagine the the anger and pain in this dude. <laughs> yeah, like this this dude, man, this is fucked up. So they find Karen's body under a sheet in the lab to find out that she is indeed dead. So Polzig enters the room, and we get the fight we've been waiting for: Bella Lugosi versus Boris Karloff. Two old men touching each other. It was awesome. It was it was I was hard the entire time. It was great. So Thamal comes in from his gunshot itself. Then he's got blood coming out of his mouth. You know. Yeah, he's got blood coming out of his mouth. You can see the blood on his coat. Yeah, I thought that uh, was good. You can, you can you can tell he's been shot, and he kind of comes over and helps with the fight. Um, and they help secure Polzig's wrist to his like em, the like his embalming table, not table his. His embalming. It's like a rack. It's like this big yeah. X thing where he's like, when you chain somebody up on it, they look like they're standing. Yeah, so at this point, obviously, Thamal just, he just falls over and dies. Uh, yeah, he's had enough. Fuck this. So, uh, Bill Lugosi starts slowly ripping off, forces called off his shirt, and Boris Karloff is, is jacked, man. Yeah. Like, dude looks good for an old guy. Like, he, like, I could see some abs. I could see muscles in his arms. I think that was his rib cage. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, he he still looked, I thought he looked good. And, uh, the Lugosi's like, you know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to skin you alive like an animal. Slowly, piece by piece. Yeah, like, he is describing, this movie is in 1934, and he is talking about flaying a human being yeah. alive. It was awesome. So, so uh, and he's like, how does it feel to hang on your own embalming rack? Polzig. Because <laughs> I can't say your first name. So, Peter's running around trying to find where everybody is, and he hears his wife screams. So, he runs over, and he can't get into the door because the door is locked shut. Uh, Joan goes to try to get the key out of... The 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 guy who was shot's hand, and the Lugosi is nice enough to try to come and help. And as they try to get it out of Tamal's hand, well, Peter, a gun-toting American, yeah, just 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 quickly is like, "Yo, get away!" They ignore him, and he's like, "No!" Nah. And he shoots Bella Lugosi, <laughs> the guy who was trying to help. Joel's like, "No, he was trying to help," and. Doesn't he call him Bella like a Lugosi. doesn't he call him like a fool or something? Yeah, he's like you fool, <laughs> you foolish fool. Um, so he's like y'all need to leave, and so they start running out, 
and he looks over to Polzine and is like, it's the red switch, right? Because if you remember, at a point in this movie, they talk about how, okay, if you go back when the mall is, like, ready to go and fuck shit up, uh, Bill Lugosi's like, no, there's dynamite everywhere. We can't make a mistake. Oh, yeah, we did forget about that part. Yeah, a really important scene we just happened to forget about. Um, Correct. So he starts throwing all the switches and tells Polzig, five minutes until all of this will be destroyed. Joan and Peter run out. They There's a car. They get stopped. Um, and then it shows them safely aboard the train. Um, and we have to assume that this is much later on down the road because he's reading a newspaper over a review of his novel, what? The Triple Murder. And I thought that was kind of strange because she's still wrapped up in something like they just left. Yeah, I thought it was very strange too, but I, I'll forgive it just because of it. This is so funny and so meta. It's great. They actually talk – in the review, they go, it's a great book, but none of this is possible when obviously like he just wrote about the events that had just happened. Right. Um, and I thought that was like just hilarious that he let that they they called it his melodramatic imagination run away from him. Yeah, but still, I mean, it, it was weird because again, when I got to that scene, I was just like, man, it looks like it looks like she's wrapped up in a blanket like she was when they left. So I'm like, I don't know, it was just a strange scene, but you know, either way, it was a great movie. Otherwise. Yeah, it is a really good movie. Uh, I did find out something else interesting. So I, I went to look up the director, mm-hmm. and I was like, what else has he done? I would watch more stuff he's done. Um, and, like, all his other stuff he's directed after this, like, is all, like, low B-budget stuff. Like, nothing to, like, nothing like this. Nothing as big as this. So it turns out he, uh... He got the wife of one of the big people at Universal to leave her husband and get with him, and so he got blacklisted in Hollywood. Wow. That's a good way to fuck up your career. Yeah, I, I, it was it was really interesting to me that he did this. So Especially he, after making a movie like that, and especially with the acclaim that it got. You know, yeah, way to go, buddy. Yeah, so, and this film was also very, like, so one of the things that both Kenneth and I don't really like in the movie is the soundtrack. Yeah. It 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 very much kind of pulls you out of it, because, like, sometimes it's whimsical, and sometimes it's, like, classic, and it, it's very weird. It doesn't fit. But, yeah, it does not fit. But we do have to mention, because this is very historically important, it is one of the earliest movies to use music throughout the entire movie and not just like the opening titles and the credits. And I mean, you know, that's all well and good, but I mean, if you're going to do that, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I imagine for that time period that, you know, the music that they had in it, you know, people probably thought it fit back then, but you know, if you could rescore that, I think it would be I think it would be much better. But other than that, the movie was fantastic. Yeah, um Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, Lugosi did eight movies together. I was wrong. So, the other cool things that I want to bring up, I already brought up that this is one of Universal's biggest hits in 1934. 
they they really like people loved this movie. Um, what was that thing I wanted to talk about? Um, oh, in England, this movie came out as the Doom House because apparently in England, black cats are not considered unlucky, which I didn't know because I thought like they've always been like black cats are with witches, so they're unlucky. But apparently, that's an American thing. Hmm. Um, us Americans and our superstitions. It was, it was, yeah, it was banned in Italy, Finland, and Austria. And the crazy, um, the crazy thing about it, you know, I, I mean, I know that was a joke against Americans, but <laughs> another thing about it is, is it's almost like it, it's almost like when you're watching the movie, you know, because the majority of it, ta- they're the only two Americans in the movie, so the rest of it takes place in, you know, it's in Hungary and whatever else. It, it, the whole time you're watching the movie, you're kind of waiting on somebody somewhere to be like stupid Americans. Yeah, you really, you really do. <laughs> because I mean, you can really see the difference in the dynamic. You know what I mean between you know the two main characters and then and then the Allisons because you know they're they're uh, they're Americans and you can really see the difference in how they act. And I don't mean acting as in you know uh, actors acting. I mean it as in you know their personalities. You know, it's it's a complete difference, and I I, I just waited on it. And, and there was a couple of times when I was watching it, I said it myself. I was like, "Stupid Americans!" <laughs> yeah, like like I cannot tell you people to. I, I can't stress enough. If y- you like horror and you like like atmospheric horror movies, you're not just there for blood and gore. You need to see this movie because it's re- it's one of the the better done lesser known early horror movies yeah it was really really good it's it it would be definitely one of those for for the type of person that can you know actually sit down and watch a movie like this it'd be one of those that i would definitely recommend it was really good and it was way ahead of his time yeah like i i I mean i mean it's rated a 7.2 out of 10 on imdb which i i would honestly give it more than that i'd probably give it a nine I think I'm with you. I would give it a nine. It was a super solid movie. It's very uh, quick paced. It does not like stumble around or anything like that. It treats its audience with respect and that they are smart enough to gather what's going on, which I mean, if you're going to go see a movie in the 1930s and you're paying to go see a movie in theater, you better pay attention. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, during that time period, it wasn't like it is now. And uh, that was another thing that I really liked about the movie. There really wasn't a whole lot of fluff. It was it was pretty straightforward from the beginning to end. And I like that. Because, I, I, you know, sometimes when you're watching movies, I mean, it just drags out on and on and on with all the, you know, all the filler and stuff. And this one really didn't have a whole lot in it. Yeah, it's it's really good. The acting is just superb. Oh, man, I just can't get over like. Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, like, when they're acting, it's great. When they're acting together, oh. Yeah, they play off each other very it well. It is fantastic. And they weren't, like, like a lot of people like to talk about them hating each other. They never really hated each other. Um, they just, they they worked well together. Um, there was just, I think it was said, Bela Lugosi always felt a little bit of jealousy over Karloff because... Bela Lugosi was offered the role of Frankenstein monster originally and turned it down. But like when Boris Karloff took that job, it made him the number one horror guy at Universal Studios, which was originally Bela Lugosi. And I mean, you know, I I can see that. 
to an extent. I mean, because you got to think about it. I mean, you know, that those are those two guys are, you know, two of the most well-known horror icons in horror history. You know, if you're a horror movie fan or not even a complete horror movie fan, there there's hardly anybody out there that, you know, is in the upper ages that does not know or has not seen Boris Karloff's Frankenstein or, you know, um, or Bela Lugosi's Dracula. I mean, the foundation of the typical look for Dracula vampire, the slick back hair and the big old collar and, you know, the big medallion on the chest and, and the whole nine. I mean, that's completely based off of Bela Lugosi, you know? Yeah. So you, you'll never, I mean, even in Hammer films, when they had, you know, people in Hammer films dressed up, you know, in Dracula Hammer films, that was still all based off of Lugosi. You know, so and and then the same thing for, you know, the 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 well-known iconic face of Frankenstein monster. You know what I mean? It, it, the flathead and the bolts in the neck and the whole nine, you know, that that's that's Boris Karloff. And, uh, and I mean, they're the two most well-known icons. Yeah. And when you get to see them both together in like Son of Frankenstein, yeah. like Boris Karloff does such a good Frankenstein. But like Bela Lugosi as Igor in that movie is just phenomenal. Yeah. And so, like I said, I mean, I can definitely see the rivalry there for that time period when those movies were big. You know what I mean? I can definitely see it. Yeah. So, go watch this movie. You will not regret watching this movie. It is super, super good. Yeah, it was great. So, we're we we're going to do, like, a little bonus thing now. Just because we can. A article came out called The 50 Best Modern Horror Movies of the 21st Century. It was It's on moviepilot.com. I thought it would be interesting for us to to go and talk about which ones have you seen. It's only movies that came out in 2000 or above. Um, so we're going to like just do quickly, have we seen the movie? If we have, did we like it? Did we not like it? And that's about it. We're not going to go into in-depth reviews or anything like that. Obviously, if we think there's something we should mention in the movie, we'll mention it. But other than that, it, just a quick little thing. All right. So, number one, Final Destination. I didn't care for this movie. I've seen it. Didn't care for it. The first one. We're talking about the first one, right? Yeah, first one. I thought it was good. I thought the idea behind it was really, really cool. Um, you know, and uh, another thing is that I think with a movie like that, man, death being the main, you know, death itself being the villain. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Number two, Ginger Snaps. I love werewolf movies, and I loved this movie. Yeah, Ginger Snaps was great. I, the first time I saw it, I was a teenager when I saw it, and uh, number one, Catherine Isabel, fantastically hot. Oh, my God, she's hot. She's even more hot in that movie. Um, and But, yeah, the, the, the whole premise behind it was fantastic. Yeah. Number three, Audition. I love this movie. Superb, superb film. It was actually we were debating on doing for when we did I Saw the Devil. We actually were thinking about doing audition instead. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been nothing but me and you talking about how awesome the movie was. Yeah, uh, number four, Jeepers Creepers. Loved it. Uh, I I like the movie. I hate the director. <laughs> I he's a pedophile. Like, what do you want me to do? I, he's a pedophile. Yeah, like I can't. The movie itself. We're not talking about the the. I know. The, um. It was good. I liked it. Number five, Irreversible. I've never seen this movie. This movie is very, it's very intense. It is extremely intense. 
Um, it's one of those that when you watch it, you're either going to like the movie for what it is, or you're going to be absolutely disgusted. Okay. Uh, number six, Dark Water. Uh, it's, the, it's a Japanese movie. It's a, there's an American version of it with Jennifer Connelly in it. I've seen the American version. I've never seen the Japanese version. I would like to see the Japanese version because I like the American version with Jennifer Connelly. I have not seen either one, but I do remember Kenneth uh, talking about the American one back in the day. Uh, number seven, High Tension. I I love this movie. Awesome. Awesome. Super good movie. Uh, number eight, another great movie, Old Boy. Yes, the original Korean Old Boy. Yeah. Awesome movie. Anybody out there that's listening, watch this. Discard the American version. The American version sucks. Yeah, and the English dub for the Korean movie is actually really good. So if you're one of those people that prefer dubs like me instead of subtitles, the English dub is really good. I like subtitles. You're a whore. <laughs> uh, number number nine, Saul. I I never got into the movie. I've I've watched uh, like I think the first three from the franchise. Um, I they're okay. I just never really got into it. First them. one was really good. Second one was pretty good. The rest sucked. Um, number ten, Dawn of the Dead. I enjoyed the movie. The director sucks. This is the remake of Dawn of the Dead. This is the one that uh, came out later on. This is not the yeah, original. This is this is Zack Snyder. Yeah, who only knows how to direct depressing, dark uh, movies and his ruined Superman. Yeah, but I liked I liked his Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, number eleven, The Descent. I've never actually seen this movie, but I've always wanted to. Awesome, watch it. Awesome. Okay, uh, number twelve, Hostel. I liked the first Hostel. I know a lot of people prefer the second one. I still prefer the original because I thought it was more personal. Yeah, I liked the first one better than I liked the second one. Liked the second one. Third one was terrible. Um, number 13, Anti-Corper. Uh, I've seen the cover. I've never actually seen the movie. I've thought about watching it a couple of times. Yeah, I've never I've never seen this movie. Never even heard of it. Um, number 14, Wolf Creek. I enjoyed it. Loved it. Number 15, The Devil's Reject, which is, if I had to pick, like, in top five of, of horror movies that have come out since 2000s, this would be, like, in the top three, easily. Yeah, Devil's Rejects was great. Um, number 16, 30 Days of Night. I have not actually seen this movie. Um, I'm not big into modern age vampires. I like old school. It's based off of a comic book, so, and the comic book is really, really good, but when you go in to watch this... Don't completely compare it to the comic book. If you don't completely compare it to the comic book, you'll like it more. Gotcha. Number 17, Eden Lake. I've never heard or seen this movie. It is phenomenal. It was probably one of the best movies of that kind that I've seen. I own it. It was fantastic. Jerry, when you get a chance, watch it. It was really, really good. Gotcha. Uh, number 18, Inside. Also, I've never heard or seen this one. I haven't seen that one either. Uh, number 19, The Strangers. I did watch this one. I thought it was all right. I liked it just because it brought a little bit more realism to um, to killers trying to get into somebody's house. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, number 20, The Ruins. I've never seen this one. It was pretty good. It was your typical, you know, kids go into the jungle, they find some ruins and blah, blah, blah. All right, everyone's going to kill me for this one. Number 21, Martyrs. I have not seen it, but I have heard of it. Superb. Probably one of the best people, uh, Probably one of the best foreign films I've ever seen. Yeah, I know people are out there right now like, 
fucking Jerry, you suck. <laughs> you are never getting to watch Halloween H2O again <laughs> as punishment. Uh, number 22, Orphan. It was really I, cool. I I remember. I think I, I'm pretty sure I watched it. I just don't remember anything about it. The the girl that was in it was really really good. I was surprised. Uh, number twenty three, Paranormal Activity. One day there will be a topic on this that we all discuss. One day. Yeah, it, uh, I don't even know what to say. We, we'll just leave that uh, one for the we'll, podcast. Yeah, we we've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. Uh, number 24, Drag Me to Hell, Sam Raimi. I've seen it. I thought it was okay. I loved it. I thought it was great. Took me right back to Evil Dead. I thought it was awesome. Um, number 25, Splinter. I've never seen this one, but the, the poster looks Yeah, it looks cool. really good, doesn't it? Yeah, so you haven't seen that either? No. The Collector. I've, I've seen like half of this movie. Don't ask me why I've only seen half of it. I've seen... Because I don't know. I've seen it, and I've seen its sequel... The the first one, I thought it, for what it was, it was it was great. It was really really cool. It was people people said that it was going to be a saw ripoff, and it wasn't. It was it was its own movie, and it was good. So if you want to watch it, watch it. Gotcha. Uh, number twenty seven, the loved ones. I've never seen this. Uh, it looks kind of stupid to me because it's it's like its catch line is prom night can be torture. Yeah, uh, I I might give it a shot. Um, number 28, uh, Nothing Happens in the House of the Devil. Uh, dude, fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry, number 28, The House of the Devil. I, I, I liked it. I didn't like this movie. I liked it. But then again, I liked the director, you know, I liked the innkeepers, so I liked it. I thought it was cool, and it, it um, had that 70s feel. I liked it. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about this movie earlier today. Uh, number 29, A Serbian Film. I have seen it. I enjoyed it, though I do agree that it did a lot of shock for the sake of shock. Um, I don't believe the director in the whole, it all meant something. Um, as far as I'm concerned, baby porn did not mean anything ever. Yeah, I've, 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 I've heard the what's in it. Of lost profits. I've heard what's in it, and I have absolutely no interest in watching it whatsoever. Yeah, this, this, this movie is singing from the rooftops, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, number 30, Julia's Eyes. I've never seen it, never heard of it. I've heard of it, and I heard that it was all right. Um, I'm definitely willing to give that one a shot. Uh, number 31, The Human Centipede. Saw it, did not care for it. it. The Human Centipede was just... Human Centipede was Human Centipede. If you're out there and you want to see something that's kind of fucked up, watch it. Um, number 32, Kidnapped. I've also never heard of this one. I no, I haven't either. I had to think about okay. it. Okay, number thirty-three. You're next. Fuck yes, I love this movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I was very amused when I watched it. Like, probably my favorite home invasion movie since um, Funny Games. Yeah, you're next. Remake or original, either one. Yeah, and the, the effects in your in your next was really good too. Yeah, uh, number thirty-four. Kill list. Never heard of it. Never seen nope. it. Number 35, Cabin in the Woods. This movie was made for horror fans. It was and if you're a horror fan and did not like this movie, I don't understand what kind of horror fan you really, are. It's got everything in it. It was so good. Um, Number 36, Excision. I've never heard of this. I've never seen of it. It, it. She looks almost like... What was that queen that like bathed in blood? That's what this reminds me of. Um, 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 and never mind. We'll just keep rocking. 
Gotcha. <laughs> Number 37, Sinister. I really liked this movie. Fuck what everyone says. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't care for it. I'm a, I think I'm going to uh, go back and watch it again, though, give it another shot. So, okay, with this movie, I'll tell the, I'll tell the audience something special. I get really, really involved in movies, um, and I have uh, anxiety problems. And uh, sometimes I get so far into a movie that we have to stop the movie because I'm about to have an anxiety attack. It's happened a couple of times. It's happened with movies I don't even like. But with Sinister, I liked it, and it happened to me during Sinister. I don't know why. It just it triggered me, and I had to stop the movie and chill out for like 15 minutes before we could restart this movie. Yeah, I don't understand why because I was – yeah, when I watched it, I was not that – into it so like i said i'm happy to go back and watch it again yeah i don't know um number 38 chained um as i don't know this movie i don't know if it's like a a, a redone version of black snake moan or what but i know it's a white girl <laughs> chained or something so i don't know <laughs> have you have you seen this no i haven't so you don't know if it's black snake moaned no i too? don't but uh, oh. uh 39, Evil Dead, as far as I'm concerned, the best reboot I have ever seen for a franchise. Yep, and I'm, to- I'm in com- 100% complete agreeance. Evil Dead remake was fucking awesome. Um, number 40, 100 Bloody Acres. Never heard of it. Me either. Um, number 41, I want to watch this movie. I don't know what it's about, but Burbian Sound Studio. I'm kind of curious about watching that myself. My only thing that worries about it is, like, uh, it says it's an artsy scare movie. Yeah, and, and we all know how I don't you feel know. about The Witch, so. Yeah. Um, number 42, Housebound. I actually watched this movie on Netflix. I did, too. It, I thought it was pr- pretty interesting. Yeah, it was all right. I, I was, it was It was a different take. I wouldn't, you know, write home about it, but it was. it's pretty good. It's definitely worth um, one-time watch. Yeah. Let Us Pray. I've also never heard of this movie, but I kind of want to see it because... It looks it looks pretty brutal. It was cool. Um, number forty four, the Babadook, loved it, hated the ending, but loved it. Yeah, I thought that was really really good. I was surprised at how good that was, especially for how ridiculous the name sounds. Yeah, the taking of Deborah Logan, um, oh. one of the better possession movies, especially that that mouth eating scene at the end. That movie was just wicked. Oh my god, it was good. Um. Number 46, Baskin. Um, I, I looked this up. It is not a sequel to Basket Case, everyone. Not a sequel. I looked. Never seen it. Neither have I. Um, but, like, it, like in the uh, related horror movies, uh, it mentions, like, Visitor Q and Imprint, which are both really good Japanese horror movies. Yeah. It is supposed to be, like, a mindfuck movie, so. Um, number 47, Itch Se, Itch Se. Never heard of it. Nope. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, number 48, It Follows. I loved It Follows. Awesome. awesome. And It Follows, if you, if nobody's out there seen it, when you watch it, just bear with it because it's, it's kind of slow moving. But once you really start getting into the story of it, it's actually really, really good, especially if you're into mindfuck kind of movies. Yeah. It's what we call a slow burn. Yeah, it's really good. Um, number 49, The Final Girls. I don't know this movie. It came out in 2015, but I really want to see yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and number 50, The Witch. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Fuck, 
fuck that movie. Uh, go back and watch, uh, go back and listen to our last podcast where we talked about it, or there, there's a video on YouTube of it, um, spoilers for that, but you can go watch that and see why Kenneth loved it, and I, uh, didn't really care for it. Um, so, before we go, uh, let's talk about horror movies that we might get, maybe, in 2017. Yeah, we, a real big maybe on some of those. Um, apparently there is supposed to be another Amityville movie called Amityville The Awakening. That one's actually coming. That one's in, uh, I think it's actually in post-production now. Okay, um, we apparently have another Friday the 13th movie. Man, okay. Yeah, okay. Do we know that, do we, is this a sequel to the, the Platinum Doom? Fuck out, fuck out of there, man. I've I've heard so many different stories about them doing that movie. It's supposed to be found footage. It's supposed to be a damn another remake. It's supposed to be a sequel to the Platinum Dunes one. It's supposed to be one that just falls in the original Friday the Thirteenth universe. Fuck, I don't know. Coolest Friday the Thirteenth um, thing that's coming out anytime soon is the game. And we're excited about the game. We we will be talking about the game on the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, Resident Evil number sixteen, the final it's chapter. Coming. Um, apparently, uh, uh, that movie had some bad production problems with, uh, some of the crew getting injured. Some of the stunt, a stunt lady got heavily injured on there. Yeah, did, I'm, I'm, did she die? Uh, I don't think she died, but another guy who was working on the movie did die. Yeah, I knew somebody died. Production. Um, The Dark Tower by Stephen King. I don't know why this one's in the horror section, but... I've never read the books, but it looks interesting. It, 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 it definitely – it would fall in the best way for me to describe it, kind of like a horror fantasy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Kong Skull Island, I'm super excited about this. Um, not really because of Kong, but because uh, Warner Brothers and Legendary have agreed that this and the Godzilla movies are leading to each other, and we will get a Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Oh, that would be great. That is that is a hundred percent said thing. Even though Godzilla two did lose uh, Edwards as its director, which makes me sad. But I yeah, mean, and just for people out there, if you haven't gathered and don't know, me and Jerry both are big Godzilla fans. Yeah, I I, I can do a whole podcast on Godzilla. Y'all don't even want to hear me. Yeah, start. Jerry's bigger than um, me, but I'm still a, a a good big Godzilla fan. Yeah, I would say I helped reignite Kenneth's love for Godzilla. Yeah, you did. You definitely did. Because I made him watch him mm-hmm. with me. And I loved it. Um, Annabelle 2. I actually did not watch the first Annabelle You were missing movie. shit. Um, well, then there we go. What pissed uh, me World off... World War Z 2. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get into World War Z 2, what pissed me off about Annabelle is they put the Conjuring name on it. The Conjuring was great. And then they put the name on it just because the doll is in the Conjuring for fucking five minutes. And then they put the name on there and the movie fucking sucked. Wait, was Ed and Lorraine Warren not in Annabelle? I don't. I can't. I can't even remember. So the movie sucked so bad you deleted it from your. Yeah, life. it was terrible. Okay. Um, World War Z two. I didn't care for the first World War Z. I don't think I'll care for I this one. I didn't either. You know, there was too much difference between the book and the damn and the movie, and it pissed me off. Um, the remake of it. I will believe this when I see it. Apparently, the last thing that I read on iHorror is apparently they are in pre-production finally because they finally got a director and they're still doing it in a two-parter with 
you know, the same thing like they did with the original movie. The kid, the first part of it's going to be the kids, and the second part of it's going to be the adults, which is kind of the same way the book rolls. Have Have you read yes. the book? I was I haven't read it, but I was recently told that there's a a scene in the book where when they're down in the tunnels. I know where you're the, going. Uh, and yes, it happens. Okay, should I say it or should I just? Uh, it, that's up to you. But yeah, it happens. <laughs> Apparently, the kids like all like. Like, the chick's like, everyone should have sex with me, and all the kids have sex yeah. with her. So, there's that. Um, Insidious Chapter 4, I... Super stoked. I really, I really need to watch the Insidious movies. I haven't done it I yet. Just, oh, um, my God, you fucking fail. My girlfriend, Reese, doesn't want to watch what? them. I think she said she saw the first one and didn't like it. Um, and I haven't... I need to watch it, and I just haven't done it. Well, fuck that. I'm gonna kick Reese in the mouth. Uh, the most surprising thing on this list... Flatliners remake? I have not even heard anything until I looked at that list. Yeah, I don't even, like, where did this come from? Uh, the other shocking one to me, um, Suspiria remake? Again, another one that I did not know that they that, that, that was even an idea. And, and, yeah, and like, with, flat, with Flatliners, okay, you want to make a remake of Flatliners, fine. The original Flatliners was cool. You want to make, make a remake, fine. Leave Suspiria alone. You're never going to make something that's going to live up to what Dario did. Yeah. You're never yeah, going to. Leave, it, leave it the fuck alone. Um, uh, Death House, which is the Expendables version of horror. I'm very curious to see what they do with that. Who, okay, so, like, Kane Hodder's in it, Tony Todd, Dee Wallace, Sid Haig. Robert England. Bill Mosley's. Uh, Robert England. Yeah, Robert England. Like, there's, there is, like, this is... This is some people. Um, there's a new Saul movie coming out, Saul Legacy. Yeah, they suck my dick. Um, Hellraiser Judgment. I'm very, very curious to see where they go with that because everything that I've read on it, it really seems like that they're really going to try with this one. Um, yeah. Even though, um, damn, oh, God, his name's on the tip of my tongue. The dude who plays Doug. yeah Doug Bradley. Even though Doug Bradley is not going to be Pinhead, I really am curious to see where it goes. I honestly think that you know uh, anything could be better than Revelations. Me going in the bathroom could be better than Revelations. Let, let, let's state that Revelations was only made so they could maintain the rights to help. Uh, uh, for whatever reason they did, I, I don't give a shit. I mean, I, I I told my buddy when I watched that to get that piece of shit out of my house. Yeah, um, Jeepers Creepers the Cathedral. I didn't know that it was going to be called Cathedral. That, if you go back and you if you look at anything, that has been the name that has been thrown up in the air since right after two got finished. Um, it's one of those that's been. I honestly don't think that we'll ever see it. Um, Chucky Seven. Do we need another Chucky movie? The last one wasn't bad. I know, but I, I just, I'm. I, Chucky to me isn't isn't like I, it's scary as a kid, but as an adult, I'm like I'll just fucking kick you. Yeah, see to me, I only watch the Chucky movies for the amusement, with the exception of the seat of Chucky. I just thought that was terrible all the way around. Yeah, uh, Mom and Dad, which is apparently some kind of like Nicolas Cage movie. So if he doesn't scream bees in the movie, I guess I'm not watching it. <laughs> right. Uh, Children of the Corn Runaway. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um. I when I was younger, I walked like when I was a kid, kid. 
I watched like all the Children of the Corn movies. The first one was cool. The rest of them were terrible. Um, I don't like them now, but like I don't even like the first one now that much. But when I was younger, I liked them. Uh, Corbin Nash. I know nothing about this. Yeah, movie. when I saw when I was when I was looking through the list earlier, I was like, "What the hell is this?" I I don't even I don't know what that is. I guess I have to do some more oh. research. A rogue NYPD cop transfers to Los Angeles in search of his parents' killers, where he is murdered only to be reborn the ultimate killer. Uh, it sounds all right, you know. I'll watch it when it comes on Netflix. Right, right. I'm just not going to be one of them. Hey! After. Apparently Corey Feldman's in it. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Halloween. We already talked about that, and whatever they decide to do with it. Yeah, I... As long as they don't like call him the shape, like I just don't call him the shape. Just, now my 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 don't. thing about this is 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 this this is going to be this new one is going to be a complete like revamp of the series, like a reboot or a fucking remake, however you want to say it. Is it going to be that or is it going to fall into the timeline? What the hell is that's the only thing I, I don't know for sure about what they're going to do. I don't think we know anything except for that John Carpenter is going to be there. Other than that, I don't think we have any other information. But I'd like to see where they go with it, man. I mean, you know, to come out with another Halloween movie after Rob Zombie's first remake, man, I mean, that's kind of... I don't know. I was way too blown away with Rob Zombie's remake of the original. Yeah, I know we're on the the shorter side of the fence with that because... Man, I read so many. I read so much people talking shit about Ralph Zombie's Halloween, and I was just like, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. You know, I don't. I don't understand why so many people gave it so much shit. But the thing about it is, most of the people that I know that are huge fans of the original absolutely hated it. You know, and 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 the thing about it is, is the majority of remakes that I've seen that I'm a huge fan of the original of actually haven't been that bad. Case in point, Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see with all these movies. But so far, 2017 is going to be the reboot, remake, sequel affair of the... I don't know. It's just like almost everything on that list was a sequel, remake, or reboot. There was like three original movies. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I guess we'll find out. Yep, so I, I guess that's it for us for this episode. I had a blast. Um, go watch The Black Cat. You really you really got to see it. Go look up this list of 50 movies from the 2000s and up. How many have you seen? How many did you like? Um, and uh, go look at these upcoming horror movies and decide which one we should make a betting pool to see which ones actually come out in 2017 well i mean i already know which ones are already definitely going to come out you know whether they come out in 2017 that's kind of up in the air but they're definitely going to be come out like that new amityville movie that one's definitely coming i know it definitely is um yeah i think the biggest thing they're worried about right now is whether they're going to do it in 3d which i could care less about i'm with you on that um so that's it for us. Please check us out on Stitcher, Podomatic, Facebook, and YouTube. And leave comments. Talk to us. We're on Facebook. We, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Come talk to us. All that jazz. Kenneth, do you have any parting words? Yeah.
keep on watching horror movies because without people watching horror movies, we couldn't do what we do. Yeah, and uh, don't eat the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're out. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for – what is this episode? This is, the, this is the fifth podcast so far. Is it the fifth one? Uh, I think so. This is the fourth one. I don't know. Uh, it is the fourth one. I'm I'm wrong and you're right. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so that's it, everyone. We will see you next time on Kill the Cast with whatever movie we decide to do next, which might be you. <laughs> Bye.